June, it's Pride Month, and so y'all know I have to preach from Romans one at least one Sunday this week. It just or this month, it ha- has to be done. It's just a rule. I don't know who made the rule, but um, I'm going to follow it. Uh, <laughs> either way you look at it, but uh, the title of my message this morning is focusing on reality in a world obsessed with fantasy. And I don't know about you, but you know, when I was a kid, you know, you like make believe and all that kind of stuff. But after you become an adult. You don't really want to play make-believe anymore, you know? I, I'm just not really interested in that. But we, to, our country is so messed up today, we are expected to play make-believe. And we're going to see here in Romans chapter 1, and what's, what's promoted uh, this month, and what is, what is uh, celebrated, what we're being told to respect, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to just go along with this fantasy. I can't help but see reality. And it's just interesting when we look at Romans 1, and I want to, I want to focus on some things that uh, is constantly mentioned in here. But notice in verse 20, it says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I'm not going to talk about this, but you know there's some things that the Bible just shouldn't even have to tell us. There's some things that should just be common sense. I don't see anything in the Bible that says, not that Thou shalt not... You know, smash thy thumb with a hammer on purpose. You shouldn't have to be told not to do that. You know, after you do it accidentally a couple times, you're like, you know, I shouldn't do that. This is painful and it's not a good thing. But some people, it's like they got to have a Bible verse. You know, but there's some things that are just clearly seen. It says, because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. So they knew who God was, but they didn't like who He was. And so they decided, you know what, I'm just going to go along with a God I've created in my own mind. And you know what? And that makes me better than you too. And that makes me smarter than you. You know, And that's why it says professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Okay, We call these people today atheists who tell us they're smarter than us and they follow the science. But in reality... They're fools. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Nothing's changed. And look what else they did. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Let's make God more like we are. We'll tell you what God looks like. We'll tell you what God likes. When people want to get up and they want to explain who God is today, they often describe something that's more like them. Something more like our modern culture today instead of the God of the Bible. They, they reject that God. It says, So wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, for this cause of changing the truth of God into a lie, not wanting to retain God in their knowledge, for this, for this cause, not because these people had never heard the Gospel, not because these people were born a certain way, because people rejected truth, they refused the truth, they decided we're going to make up something new and we're going to call it truth. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. And so in other words, or God, um, for even their women to change their natural use into that which is against nature. So these things that these people are doing that are completely unnatural, just like you would think I was possessed or something, I was just up here beating my thumb with a hammer... And then telling you all should celebrate it and respect my choices. You know, you all would think you know, something's really wrong with you if I did that. 
God basically gives these people over to that. Where we all kind of have, it's instinctive for us to protect ourselves, to try to stop ourselves from being hurt. Most of you, if you tried, you couldn't just give yourself a black eye because your body just won't let you do it. Because we don't like pain. But yet we see people today doing horrible, abnormal things that make no sense, that are repulsive. And we wonder why they do that. Well, you know why? Because God took that restraint away from them as punishment for rejecting who He was. And so that's why we have the things that we see going on today in the LGBT community that's being celebrated right now. And we're supposed to act like it's all fine, it's all normal. But it says likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, okay, they, these people reject reality. They don't want to retain that. They want to forget God. And because of that, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. When it says God gave them over, basically God just, God just allowed them. Whatever that was there before that was restraining them, what was stopping them, you know, because the Holy Spirit too, this is what you got to understand about these people. You know, God loved them. God died for them. His blood was shed for them too. God tried to stop them. God tried to restrain them. But at some point they said, no, 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 and they did it for the last time. We don't know when the line gets crossed, but eventually they crossed that line. And once that happened, God said, all right, here you go. And you know what? Now they enjoy those things that you and I would be repulsed by. And we know that they've been now, they've been given over to that reprobate mind. They're rejected and uh, nothing but bad is coming for them now. And they're now filled with all these things that it goes on to talk about, but this passage, Romans 1, this is a famous passage about those who are given over to this reprobate mind. And this notable characteristic that we see throughout this is how about how they got where they are is they denied reality and they went after a fantasy. And our country today is obsessed with fantasy, is it not? Right. There's no doubt about that. And you know, we have and you know it's it's really some of the stuff's amazing. It hasn't necessarily accomplished any good, but isn't it pretty impressive some of the technology we have out there today, some of the video games? I mean, some of the virtual reality stuff they have right now, it just it blows my mind. Alright. I'm not saying you can't ever go, you know, do a virtual reality game and geek out on some of that stuff, right? It's pretty cool. You can do spiritual stuff too, okay? Uh for example, <laughs> Uh, uh, on the Oculus, if you you go on YouTube, you look up like YouTube 360 videos, you can go to like places in Jerusalem and you put that thing on and you're standing there like you're in Jerusalem and you can like look in every direction and see everything. It's pretty cool. Alright? It's really cool. But you know, most people aren't using it for the spiritual things like I do, you know, to tour <laughs> biblical places to help me. Uh, you know, some of y'all, you know, you're going fighting, doing lightsaber fights. Might have done that before, you know, your shooting games, all all that kind of stuff. But we, I mean, look at all the sci-fi fantasy movies we have today. People are obsessed with the TV shows, you know, where you can basically take your mind to another world or another galaxy, if that's what you like to do. You know, we have things like Comic Con in this country where you have adults who go dressed up like superheroes and hobbits and wizards and. I mean, they just, they geek out like crazy at this stuff. Just up, just up in Oregon, they have the Stronghold Castle up there. Years ago, we took our youth group up there and, uh, it was like the old country fair that they have. 
And there was all these people that came out in like just super authentic looking. And these people are not like paid. These are just people who come to these things. I mean, all decked out and just full blown, you know, ancient, uh, you know, medieval times garb. And they, I mean, you had the guys, they had like the long straggly hair like they do in the movies, the beards. I mean, these people like plan for these things. They didn't just put a wig on or something like that. I mean, these people like live this stuff. And, you know, and frankly, I just, I find that stuff kind of repulsive. And I don't get mad at kids when they want to play dress up and dress up like superheroes and things. But I'm sorry, when you have adults doing it, okay, and I'm sorry, you know, you, you don't look like Captain America. You know, you don't, you, you and you're going to go put that stuff on and go out. I mean, I, I hate, I hate to spoil your fantasy, but you have no skills. Okay. You, you have no ability. You throw that shield at somebody, it's not going to bounce back to you. And it's probably not even going to really hurt. I, I've seen too, you can buy shields that are like actually pretty strong too, and it can actually break things. I saw that advertised. It was like, why do I need that? And some of y'all think, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but I'm sorry. If I had one of those, I probably would throw it at somebody. And if it did hurt them, I'm going to jail. You know? And, but, you know, that, that's, that's the country we live in. We have people. Our country has LARPing. Anybody know what LARPing is? Yeah, live action role playing. Adults do this. Where it's like real life games. Where you can go and you can be, like, achieve these magical points and stuff. And you, I don't even know how to explain it all. Look it up. But folks, the type of people who get involved in these things are the type of people I don't want to be. I'm just telling you that right now. I hate the stereotype, but it's just... It's bad. You know, we have uh, you know, people who, they know wrestling isn't real, but yet they act like it is. I, I used to work with guys that would like get all emotional about who was winning the wrestling. They were always like talking about what was going on in the wrestling world and were like all caught up in it. And it's like, you guys do realize that's fake, right? And they know it's fake deep down inside, but you know what? Don't mess up their fantasy. You know, it's like you're not you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to talk about that. You know, we have people that think the stuff we're seeing in politics today is real. <laughs> uh, you, you know, and you get you get all caught up in that stuff, man. I saw some of the stuff where all these world leaders been getting together. I'm telling you, you know, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but if, I, I'm not convinced those people are running this world that we live in right now. I think they're just the people they put out there. I don't. I do not believe the people that are running this world really believe in this junk where they're going and shaking hands and they're all over each other, but then they take their pictures together all socially distanced and everything. I'm telling you, man, these people are play actors. I don't trust it. And you might be all caught up in that. You think it's the most important thing in the world and you're going to give your life to making sure Donald Trump gets reelected in 2024 or whatever. I'm sorry. You're living in a fantasy world. Right? Just, and I, I hate to mess these things up, but, you know, there, so there's... Our country's obsessed with this. And there are so many things that we have today that can take us away from reality and help you live your fantasy. Okay? And now, the thing is that we used to be able to make fun of these people. But now, our world is so perverted that we're to the point where we're all supposed to respect everyone's fantasy. And I, I'm sorry, maybe I just got a bad attitude, but I just I can't do it. Okay? Again, if some little kid comes up to me Dressed up like Captain America, and he throws a shield at me. I'm going to fall down and act like he took me. You know, I'm, I'm going to do that for the little kid. But if you, as an adult, do that, I'm just going to be like, dude, come on. You know, can, can we grow up? That, that, that's what's going to happen if you if you do that. 
I, I'm not going to be able to respect that fantasy. And you know, but here's where we are at today. We, today we are supposed to pretend a dude is a girl if he says he's a girl. Do you know, in some places it's illegal to misgender somebody. That if we see some bulky dude in a dress, we're supposed to say, "Man, I'm not doing that. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I fully intend to continue." Properly gendering people according to according to the science. <laughs> you know, they, they all want to throw science. We're supposed to pretend we're happy if two members of the same sex get married or adopt a child. And you know, you're a terrible person today if you don't go along with that. Really, I gotta pretend that's okay. I gotta pretend that type of thing is acceptable. I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I gotta pretend I'm happy for these people. We're supposed to pretend everyone's political beliefs are worth respecting. You know, we're supposed to, you're supposed to pretend that your kid's t-ball game, both teams won. You know, it's not the way it works. We're supposed to pretend today that, you know, Kenneth Copeland and Beth Moore and people like that are our brothers and sisters. I'm sorry, I can't do it. You know, we're supposed to pretend that rock music in church and some effeminate dude in skinny jeans is okay. That's how we're supposed to pretend. We're bad, terrible, legalistic people if we think different, but I'm sorry, I just can't get involved in these fantasies. We can go on and on with this type of thing. And, I, and folks, you, you know how this last year drove me crazy with all the stuff we were supposed to do. And, I, and I'm thankful we got away with never doing any pretend things here. We didn't put up all the signs and things we were supposed to put up here. We didn't do all their little ritualistic COVID protocols to protect everybody. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I just... We're supposed to come to church. It's supposed to be spiritual. And I don't like pretending. You know, and it's, but yet at the same time, we're all, you know, a lot of people think we're terrible people for not doing that. But I'm sorry, we need to realize we need to stay grounded in reality in this world that's obsessed with fantasy. And so what are we supposed to do as Christians? Because I, I mean, am I exaggerating with the things that I'm talking about? I don't think I'm exaggerating at all right now. This is the world we live in. We're supposed to pretend that, you know, the world's billions of years old. You know, we're supposed to, we're supposed to go along with that. Some people, I mean, it's amazing how many Christian people today are embarrassed to even state what they believe, even though they really believe it. Because, you know, they, because they're going along, they, they would rather go along with a fantasy. I'm sorry. Okay, listen, some fantasies are pretty cool. But you know what? I'm not going to pretend I believe in Superman and Krypton and all that kind of stuff. It's fantasy. That's all, that's all it is. And a lot of what we're hearing today, a lot of the stuff that our, our government is trying to push, it is fantasy. It is not reality. What is being celebrated this month, it is a fantasy. It is not reality. It is wickedness. And we've got to stay real. We can't get caught up in this stuff. So what are we supposed to do as Christians in this messed up world? Well, Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 1, I like what it says. It says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. You know what? Some of us have got to stick around and we've got to make sure we make some noise and wake people up. Well, I think we just need to respect their fantasies. No, we need to wake them up. Because these fantasies that they have, they, they are not innocent. 
These are, these are not innocent things. What's being promoted today in the LGBT community, these things are sin. These things are dangerous. These things are devastating to people's lives. And here's the thing that just blows my mind about it. I was talking with an individual not too long ago about a lot of these things and he was trying to act like, you know, everything's, just, you know, they're the same as we are. Just, they have a different orientation. And, and I told him, I was like, that's not true. I told him, I said, they have way higher suicide rates. They have way higher rate of disease and all these things. Oh, and he's like, according to who? I said, how about according to President Obama? How about if you look at President Obama's presidential proclamation that he put out declaring June Pride Month, you know one of the things he talked about? He said, it's, you know, it's time we recognize the disparities and I'm not going to quote this exactly right, in the LGBTQ community when it comes to things like diseases, especially in the, uh, I'm not sure which one he was talking about, but he was talking about in the African-American transgender men or transgender women. I don't know if it meant black guys who think they're girls or black girls who think they're guys. I don't know which one it was because I get confused on that. But either way, he was taught in his presidential proclamation He's talking about all the disparities that are there, but the, here's the the solution for the, is always more government spending. Yeah. It's never maybe there's something about that lifestyle. Yeah. You know, nobody ever brings that up. But again, you know, the government pro promotes a fantasy. We're looking at reality. Amen. So, uh, you know, it's like what you know, what about that? It's just a fact, okay? And and we're all supposed to pretend that these things are equally bad amongst hetero... We're supposed to all think STDs are equally bad amongst heterosexual couples that aren't promiscuous. That people who just are with one person, the one that they're married to, we're supposed to act like we have as many problems with STDs as they do. Sorry, that's just not the case. That's not how it is. We're just supposed to pretend we have as high as suicide rates and all these other things. No, that's just not reality. That's, that's just not a fact. These things are worse there. And you know, we need to warn people about that. And I get it. We've got the people that have been given over to reprobate mind. We're not going to accomplish much there. But at the same time, we need to make sure that the people that are out there that are hearing all the propaganda from the government and all the propaganda from the public schools, we got to make sure they're hearing the truth about these things. We got to make sure we bring them back to reality before they get caught up in these fantasies and, and quit doing the things that parents should be doing to steer their children away from these things. It's okay, parents, did you, it's okay to promote, promote boyish things for your boys and girly things for your girls. You can do that. They're telling you not to do that today. We've all seen the viral videos of the little girl, you know, talking about how they make everything pink, you know, for the girls and everything blue for the boys. That's okay to do. And you better believe I'm going to, you know, my boys are growing up now, but you know, even with my girls, I'm going to push them towards girly things. Now, you better believe I'm going to do that kind of thing because it's just reality. It's the way they're supposed to be. And I'm not going to push them into this fantasy world. We're not, we're not going to do that. You know, uh, and we're, we're told we're terrible people, but you know what? Our world's messed up. Somebody's got to show them their transgression. Who else? Folks, who else is going to do that? Do we really think our government's about to start doing this? No, they're, you know how much money they're spending to promote all this stuff? You want to know why it's our American military that's putting out these lame, weird cartoons 
for promoting military, but just showing some story of a girl that was raised by lesbians. Why are they doing that? You know why? Because our our government, in order to get more people on board with this, in all their bills and things they're passing, they're they're doing funding to promote this type of thing. And so there they do it in all their commercials. Anything the government has to do it. When we were out east, we went out to Independence Hall. Uh, when you go to visit Independence Hall, uh, they've got a big thing there uh, where that was all about LGBT stuff. And I'm thinking, what did they have to do with the founding of our country? Absolutely nothing. But yet they have a big section there, basically apologizing for how they've just been disenfranchised throughout history and all the bad treatment they got. They everywhere we went out east when we visit the the famous historical places, they've all got something there apologizing for our history when it comes to them. And and then they try doing this revisionist history where it turns out so and so probably was a homo or something because they were never married. And then it's like you know they actually do have a big part in our history. Well, they might have parts in our history, but it's never anything good. (laughs) Never anything good at all. But yet, you know what they're doing? All that is meant to just promote these things, to make it seem normal. To, and to make, to make people like that feel good, we can't do that. You say, man, you're, you're being mean. But you know, we need to be specific about sin. Romans chapter 7, verse 7 says, What should we say then? Is the law sin? Hey, Paul said this here in the New Testament. Okay, this is Pauline epistle. Paul said, is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin... But by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. You know how we learn we are sinners and in need of a Savior? We learn it from the law. And the law is not sin. That Old Testament law is good. Now, obviously none of us have kept that law, but yet, just because we're in the New Testament, it doesn't mean we throw the law out and act like it doesn't matter and those things aren't sin anymore. Those things are still sin. And we can't just act like everyone is okay. Sin serious. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's pretty serious right there. Now, how are we going to convince people of that? How are we going to convince people that if sin's no big deal, why that horrible punishment? A big deal. We have to talk about that. But if we're just acting like, oh, sin's just okay for salvation. Salvation from what? Right. From, you know... Heaven, we all deserve it, right? No, the same things about sin that God says about sins. And so, you know, Romans 6.23, and that's what, that's going to keep happening if this kind of thing continues going on. It says, Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and judgments and not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done which are before you, and the land is defiled that the land spew." Not you out also when ye defile it as it spewed out the nations that were before you. God, God said, I'm gonna, I'll spew you out with it just like I spewed them out. Do we think Americans an exception? Oh, we'll just put our masks on and then we'll like not get any of those diseases, right? That worked out real good last year, did it? It says, Wherefore, for whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them, these abominations, the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people, Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance that ye commit not any one of these abominable customs which are committed before you and that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. Okay, now, those are abominations, but then you know, here's what Pastor Trendy does in the skinny jeans. He gets up, well, you know, the Bible also says 
that if you're walking along and you come across a bird nest, you're supposed to put it up in a tree. Okay. <laughs> Did he say what the consequences was if you didn't do that? I mean, obviously it would have been a sin if they didn't do that. But what's the consequence? You know, did God call it an abomination? Did God say, I'm going to vomit you out of the land if you do that? I'm going to kill you if you do that? No, it looks like there's a pretty big difference. And, and I, you know, and that, and they do that because that's in, in the same passage where it calls cross-dressing an abomination. So, um, I'm sorry, that just, that doesn't work, okay? All sin is sin, but not all sins are abominations. Not all sins come with the death penalty. There's differences. And so, we've got to, we've got to speak up about this. Our world does not take sin serious anymore. We live in a country today, I mean, one of the things that blew my mind, you know, when I started this church too, is how many people we had that visited our church that were shocked when they found out it was a problem, but they were shacking up. And not, and living together outside of marriage. And it's like, Nobody ever preaches you for it. I mean, they, they just act like it's completely okay. Like, no, this isn't okay. This is really serious. They're like, you know, are you crazy? And I'm thinking, you know, what happened? You know, what what happened to this country? But you know, it's because churches have just clammed up on this stuff. Right. Yeah, they believe it's a sin if you get specific with them and ask them. But you know, the pastor's not going to get up and say it from the pulpit. Yeah. He's not going to be public about it. He's not going to live stream something like that. We've got to do it. So, we've got to make some noise. We've got to wake people up. Another thing we do, we need to set the example and be different. Okay? All right, now you like hearing me preach on those you know, people out there, but let me preach on you all for a little bit. Second Corinthians, that, that's the real hard preaching right there. Okay? You, you all think hard preaching is when I'm hitting on the homos. Okay? That's not hard preaching. Okay? Second Corinthians 6.14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth in an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said. I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. God wants you to not be like them. Now, a lot of Christians don't like that. We talked about that thing last week, about conformity to the world. It is, it's going to be very natural for us to want to do what the world does because we're made out of the same flesh. It's going to be natural for us to just want to go along because sometimes we just get tired of fighting. But we have been called to be separate from the world. Right. We have been called to be different. God has set us apart. God has sanctified us. God has saved us. And now, God wants us to sanctify ourselves, set ourselves apart, and live like it so we can be a testimony to this world. So we can, so we can actually stand out so they can see that there actually are people out there that are different. Not everybody has to do these things. Not everybody has to be living in fantasy land. Some people actually can be rooted and grounded in reality. And we're supposed to do that, and it needs to be obvious. We need to be talking about it, but we can't just talk about it. we got to live it too. We can't be one of these people that preach on everybody else's sin, but then we're doing it ourselves. We've got to actually be different. We've actually got to separate ourselves from these things. The Bible says in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I'm sorry, but as long as you have this flesh, you're going to have a desire in you to want to have what the rest of the world has. Right. But you know what we have to do as Christians? We have to remember as faith, these things pass away. Those things we want, those cars, those boats, those houses, whatever it is that we often get out of the will of God so we can pursue, we've got to realize, you know what? These things aren't worth devoting our life to. It's what the world devotes their life to. It's what they focus on. But we, by faith, believe that these things are going to pass away, that we're going after eternal rewards. And that means we're going to have to miss out on some of the things that the world has to offer. And... You know, and so, there's some things the world has to offer that are not necessarily a sin, but they can be a distraction for us. We can love those things, make them a priority to where we don't accomplish what we need to accomplish for God. And folks, if we do that, we've sinned. We've messed up. We've done the wrong thing. And I'm sorry, but chances are, if you're going to follow the Lord, you're probably not going to be the richest person in town. You're probably not going to be the most popular person. You're not going to get to do everything that the world does. And... You should be okay with that. But that's going, to, that's going to require faith, folks. That's going to require faith. And as our world gets more and more obsessed with this stuff, we're going to stick out more and more like a sore thumb. We're going to seem more and more weird. But God hasn't changed, and we're not supposed to be changing with this world. Grace teaches you to be different. This is what I wish Pastor Hipster would get figured out, who loves to use that word grace so much. They, they love that word. They use it all the time, but they have no idea what it means. And I can't ever find any of them talking about Titus chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us. So grace teaches us something, folks. What does it teach us? That denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Okay? And what does that mean? Because Pastor Trendy, folks, despises me big time. Right. Okay? You all say, uh, no, no, they don't. Go look at my Twitter feed sometime and look at these guys when I talk about living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You see all the grief I get. You say, why do you even do it? I don't know. I enjoy it. I, 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 like, I like making these people mad. But, you know, they despise me. You know what? When it says, let no man despise me, just don't be moved by that. Don't let it influence you. Don't let it stop you. You know what? I, made it, I let it motivate me. I, I, get, I just get motivated when these people... Try to push that kind of trash. It's garbage. Grace does not, it doesn't teach you to just take advantage of the grace of God. And just be, you know, thank God that He just saves us like we are. Thank God He just gives us salvation for free. Thank, thank God for that. But you know what? We're never going to stop as a church, and I'm never going to stop as a preacher telling those of you who claim to have salvation that you should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And we're going to, we're going to speak it, we're going to exhort it, and we're going to rebuke it, and we're going to do it with all authority. Oh, you dictator! All authority, it says. I'm not now. When I say when it says with all authority, I only get to do two things. 
just speak and rebuke. I don't get to like go to your house and make you do these things. But if you all can handle hearing me scream at you from the pulpit, you know, I'm going to do that. It's my job. I'm supposed to do it. So we've got to set that example. We've got to be different. We've got to be the, you know, mayors and the residences of Realville. And we've got to show this is how it's done, folks. This is how you have a good family. This is how, this is how you live your life. This is how, you know, you've got to be honest. These, these things are all important. But then lastly, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to prepare for persecution. I turn over to 1 Kings chapter 22. Cover this real quick. 1 Kings chapter 22. I don't have time to go through this whole story, but let me just kind of hit a few highlights and reminders for you of what story we're in. But it's, uh, we have Ahab and Jehoshaphat getting ready to go to battle together. And, uh, wait, I'm in, uh, I'm in 2 Kings. I need to go to 1 Kings. And so they want to know what's going on. It's time to get a prophet to find out uh, what they're supposed to do. And it says, uh, and Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? All the prophets were agreeing with each other. But you know what? Jehoshaphat knew none of these are prophets of the Lord. We probably should get one of those. Because you know, one prophet of God is better than a million false prophets. And so these people, they were all agreeing, but he's like, we should get a prophet of the Lord. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by uh, whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. And the king of Israel called an officer and said, hasten hither, Micaiah, the son of Imla. So he's like, we have one guy. Yeah, there's one prophet of God, but I don't like what he says. He's messing with my fantasy. I want to think I'm going to go fight this battle. I like what these guys are telling me. But you know what? Thankfully, Jehoshaphat was there. And you all know the story. What ends up happening, they finally get Micaiah to tell him what the Lord says. And you know what they do? They go and they smite him in the face. They got angry at him for telling the truth. And isn't that what they did to all the prophets in the Bible? They were constantly killing the prophets, throwing them in prison. What did these guys do? They just told the truth. No, we want you to do what all those other prophets are doing. Sorry, I, I, I can only speak what the Lord tells me to speak. That's how, that's how those guys were. And it often got them in trouble. It often got them killed. And we need to realize that in this new reality that we're in today, in our new normal that we're in today, did you know, you, you know what the fantasy is out there today that a lot of people are buying into? And that's that they're the good guys and we're the bad guys. And that reminds me of Isaiah 5.20 where it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. You know, nobody just says, I'm evil. You know, a, a Democrat is never going to get up and just say, I am for the evil. I tend to do evil and destroy this country. Republicans are never going to do that. Nobody's ever said that. Even Hitler didn't say that. Hitler didn't get up there like, I am here to just destroy Germany. That's not what they do. Okay? They make it good. They make it sound good. That, that's how, that's how they, these people work. But it's a lie. And there's a curse in these people. They put darkness for light, light for darkness, put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. So in their mind, in their fantasy. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of uh, strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossom shall go up as dust. 
because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against His people, and He has stretched forth His hand against them and has smitten them, and the hills did tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this, His anger is not turned away, but His hand is stretched out still. And let me tell you something that that verse reminds me. While our world is telling us we're the bad guys and they're the good guys, we need to understand that here's reality. In reality, while they're mad at us, God is mad at them. Now, who do we want mad at us? Do we want the world mad at us or do we want God mad at us? You know what? I'll, I'll let the world get as mad as they want. You know what? Let's let them throw a fit. Oh, what if they kill you? Oh, well. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stand before God. I'll have a better resurrection. I'd rather... I'm going to, if they kill me, as soon as they kill me, I'm standing before God. And I'm worried about what happens when I get before Him. That, that's all I care about. And if I live a longer life and I die of old age, I'm going to stand before God. Either way, they're irrelevant. They don't matter. Reality is, the world's all saying one thing. They've all got one voice. They all agree. Hollywood, the news media, our government, they all agree. We're the bad guys today. But in reality, God says, woe unto them. God's mad at them. He's coming for them. And you know what? I, that's okay. I, I'm gonna, I want to stay right with God. I like what Jesus said in Luke 6.26. Woe unto them. And woe unto you. When all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. I mean, that's a pretty clear verse right there. You know, when we see all the politicians praising a preacher, we should probably be nervous about that guy. I think that's just a good rule of thumb right there. We see him bashing somebody. We see the news media bash. Anytime I see the news media bashing a preacher, I, check, I automatically check on that guy. When they have him come on their panel, you know, for whatever, forget that dude. I don't even give him a chance. If, if, if these people respect him, I probably don't. And you know, we where we get confused as modern American Christians is you know, you know, many of us, you know, and I, I don't, but you know, we know of the time. There was a time when many of the biblical principles that we teach today it used to just be the norm in this country. But here's what we need to understand, though, you know, because uh, you know, when you watch like old television shows, you know, and it's like, man. Hollywood was so wonderful back then. You know, look at just how wholesome the Andy Griffith show and Leave the Beaver and all these things. You know, look how look how wholesome these things are. But you know, you know why those things appear to be wholesome to us is because that was politically expedient. That's what made money back then because we had a more righteous country back then. You know, we go and we look at some of the politicians of old. You know, and we just say, man, if we could just have more men of God like them. And you know, and then a lot of times you look into their lives, and they weren't very—they weren't that good either. They weren't very moral right. people either. But you know what? Back then, it was politically expedient for them to say those things. I mean, I and, and most of what—I'm going to just tell you right now—most of what you hear from the Republicans that you like, they're just saying it because they need the Christian yeah. vote. Right. They don't mean it when it when it comes down to it. They never come through for us. Okay? They just they, they fail all the time because it's not it's not a core belief with these people. But when God's people stop being a force for good, and folks, we have okay, we're not being the light that we used to be. We're not standing against these things like we used to. We're, we're losing ground. 
And you know what happened? When God's people stopped being a force for good, then that gave Washington, Hollywood, the news media, it made them free to show their fangs. They were always bad. They've always been pushing things. They've always had an agenda. But we're seeing what these people really are now. The masks are, are gone. There's no doubt about it. And what, but here's what we've got to understand is, you know, our world has changed, but God's word has not changed. Right. Our world's changing rapidly, but God's word is not changing at all. Churches today are changing rapidly, right? With the world. But God's word's not changing at all. And we just need to make a decision. Are we going to stay right with the world or right with God? Are we going, are, you know, are we just going to give up? Are we just going to lay down and just go along with this fantasy to make things easy? Or are we going to stay grounded and rooted in reality and remember that no matter how bad this world gets, Jude 1.14 is still in the Bible where it says, And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Folks, the Lord's coming back. That's the reality. The reality is Jesus Christ is going to come back. Jesus Christ is going to pour His wrath out on this world. And I want to be on the right side of that issue. I want to get pulled out of here before the fire and brimstone falls. I don't want to be here and getting you know my blood being flowing up to the horse's bridle at Armageddon. I don't want that. I want to be with the Lord when that kind of thing happens. So you better believe that, you know what? I get it. You know, technology's cool. Video games are cool. Movies are cool. All that kind of stuff. But I'm going to stay rooted in reality. And I'm not going along with this stuff. Uh, don't don't you go along with it. You're you're gonna you're getting hit with the propaganda left and right this month with all that LGBT LGBT stuff, folks. It's a fantasy. The reality is too disgusting to put on the television. You know, I almost wish they put it on there. I, I I really do. I finally saw a beer commercial the other day that I think was kind of rooted in reality, and it was uh I, I don't even remember what kind it was, but it was like showing all these millennial hipster types, you know, at this club. And they're like doing all these things to, you know, make sure they're wearing their mask and social distance and, you know, making sure they don't touch anything. It was just, it was all this COVID propaganda stuff. And it, they just looked like idiots during the whole thing. And I'm like, that's a good advertisement. Showing people acting like idiots while drinking. It's about time. But here's the thing about it. I was supposed to be impressed. You know, all it did is it just determined, you know, I got determined a little more. I'm never going to drink. But, it, you know, but even if I ever did, I'm not drinking that stuff. <laughs> Except I already forgot what it was. But it is. It's frustrating. Stay rooted in reality. Go ahead and let people call you crazy. Reality is reality. We're right. They're wrong. LGBT junk, abomination, wicked destruction is coming for them. And we're going to continue promoting the things of God. And one of these days, everybody's going to be forced into reality when Jesus Christ returns. Behold, He cometh with clouds and every eye shall see Him. That's going to be that's going to be reality for those people that day. And so I thank God for the comfort of that. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank You so much 
for Your Word and the promises we have in it. Help us, Lord, to be challenged by this today, to, to not let up on these things. Lord, it's, it'd be so easy to just compromise a little bit because our uh, world's compromised so much. But Lord, help us to just stay uh, where we're supposed to stay. Help us not to budge an inch on these things, but uh, just realize Your Word does not change, that it is reality, and that we'll uh, stay faithful and uh, proclaiming the truth and uh, setting the example. In Your name we pray. Amen.